Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast exploring reproductive technology and life-changing stories. Here are your hosts, Jennifer White and Ellen Trackman. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Ellen Trackman. I'm here with Jennifer White. And Jen, I was very excited that we got a call to the podcast recently. Um, But I did think it might be a good time to just tell people what we do separate from you know, getting the great opportunity to interview people on this podcast, because we can't always help everyone such as this podcast caller. Uh, So I'm an attorney. I specialize in assisted reproductive technology law, and I don't do any litigation. So, you know, if there was a a mix up or a mistake or fraud, anything like that, I would not be the person to help you. But most of my work is contracts. It's sperm donation, egg donation, embryo donation, surrogacy agreements, as well as pre-birth parentage orders, securing parental rights. Oh my God. That's a lot of words, Ellen. Oh my God. And I live in Denver, Colorado, and I license and practice in Colorado, as well as California, New Mexico, and Montana. Oh my God. So many words. So many. Sorry. Okay. Go to you. you. Jen, Jen, what do you do? Uh, quick elevator pitch. I own a surrogacy matching program. Oh, wait, did I go for like, you got all this time. Should I keep talking? Yeah. So uh, my, my viewpoint of what we do is I'm kind of in essence, like a party planner, right? I'm like a wedding planner and the party at the end is having babies. So we, we help people all the way through the process. We have the logistics, like my joke, I'm always like, we're just kind of like, we make sure the clinic shows up and the caterer is there and the flowers and the, you know, that make sure that if you need to keep the mother-in-law busy, that we're there to do that, yeah. you know, like that, that's, that's my, my pitch on what I do. Um, what so, I do not do. Yeah, yes, this call. So unfortunately is, we were not able yes. to help this lovely um, person who reached out. Yes. So um, he did ask if we would perchance um, take his sperm because he wanted to put babies in people. I'm like, you know, at least he riffed off of the name of our podcast, right? And shout out to all the sperm donors out there, as well as egg donors, embryo donors. Those are incredible people that makes others' dreams come true. I will say, though, that his pitch was that he and his friend wanted to both put babies in people. So I was like, all right, now you, you you know, you're getting a little outside of the realm here. (laughs) Donors are needed. So I hope they are able to to help people. So thank you. Thank you for calling in. And we are sorry that we were not quite the right people to help you help others. But we hope you right that right fit but someday somebody might need to ask for a sperm donor right you know so they they will be ready and available just like as our (laughs) next guest we'll talk about that she has her site called the biggest ask okay um from the biggest ask um to the podcast we really appreciate you joining us uh and before i even let you speak i'm just gonna gush about um your website and your resource partially because i was talking to these clients the other day and they're like we we are thinking we want to ask this family friend if she would be our surrogate but how do we how do we ask that like there should be like articles or tutorials about how you ask that question and it definitely made me think of your site called the biggest ask and like it is just such this amazing (laughs) huge ask how do you ask that question but before we go into how you ask that question um tell us about yourself oh sure um so i am 
originally from Pittsburgh. I'm really going way back here. Um, so That's okay. We can, go, okay. we can go all the way back to childhood. All, all good. Okay, all right. Because I've never done a podcast before, so I'm like, I don't even know uh, what to do or what to say. Um, so yeah, um, I'm from Pittsburgh. Um, I am currently living in St. Louis. I am a, um, an accounting professor at Washington University in St. Louis. I, yeah, uh, my husband and I met in grad school. We were living in um, DC area. We both attended the University of Maryland. And were you in yes. a, like an accounting class, like a really romantic yes. accounting so, class together? <laughs> no, so I, I focus on accounting. That's where my PhD is in. And he focused in business strategy. So we were in the same kind of uh, department, but not like the same like course. Got it. And then you, you met, you fell in love, and everybody started asking you when you were having a baby, right? Just like well, that happens to every one of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so I was about 27. Well, I think we, I forget actually how old I was when we met. But so the thing about being an academic is it's really hard to find a job. I mean, it's always hard to find a job, but you kind of, you move to where you get the job. And so yeah. when I, my husband graduated first and he got a job in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And the next year I went on the job market and I got a job in Montreal, Canada. So <laughs> we had to do, I mean, we just had to live separately wow. and we lived separately for um, four years. I think it's four years. I always get four years. I, I sound so bad because I forget about the years and everybody, sometimes people are really good at like birthdays and like years. And I just, I get so bad at it and I just feel bad. It, it's not that it wasn't hard or it wasn't important to me. I just kind of forget. I think it was four years. So we did long distance for four years. And um, finally we got positions at WashU. So he got a position in business strategy and I got one in accounting and it was a huge blessing. Nice. And, and then we both moved um, to the area. And you're like, who are you? Yes, sorry. <laughs> I've yes, never met this person. No, it's been a long time. Well, we did. We did. I mean, the the thing, nice thing about our jobs is like during the there, we don't really have a boss, and a lot of our work right. is research based, so it's a lot of computer work. So during the summers, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Montreal, but Montreal is beautiful, and um, so he would come and live. We would live together for the summers. And oh, good. Really nice. Yeah. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, um, it's not a typical long distance relationship where um, you don't see each other that often. We, we did really well with, with the situation. And so anyway, so by the time that was all done, you know, said and done, we moved to St. Louis and I was, um, I guess I was 32, 33. And um, then that's when we started thinking about having a family because the idea of, having a, a baby when you're living separately. It was just way, way too Yeah, logistically. Right. So, um, so then, yeah. So I don't know if you guys want me to start talking. I guess. Definitely. Sure. Given, yeah. So then we moved here and I think we moved here in June together. And then we're like, okay, it's time to start a family. And I got pregnant right away. So I, I did not have any kind of it was just real it was surprisingly easy um and so i got pregnant that january and um about four weeks in it was started being like a really terrible 
thing. I, I, I was just sick. I, I started getting the morning sickness, except it would be all day long. It wouldn't just be morning. And uh, it was just really, really hard for me to do anything. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't focus on my work. Uh, I was at the time I was teaching because we teach, you know, once uh, we have to teach, that's part of the job. And right. so <laughs> I would, you know, I would get myself there, uh, but it was just a really, really hard I would get in front of the, the the class, I would teach, and then I would have a break in between my two classes, and I would just be, you know, on the floor, just kind of feeling terrible. And mm. and it didn't matter like how much medicine. I think, what is it? Is it Zofran? Wait, I always yeah. get yeah, yeah Zofran. Zofran. Yep. Um, I always get that confused with Zoloft. Uh, and yeah. the anti. No, Zofran is, Zofran is the anti is the one the anti emetic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes. Um, so that I took, no, you know, I couldn't, I would take, there's nothing I could take that would, you know, get rid of my, um, nausea. So, you know, all the ginger snaps, all the ginger ale anyway. So to me, and I know a lot of people talk about morning sickness, like, oh, you know, you just kind of live with it and you know, it is what it is, but it literally to me was, it, it just, it destroyed me. And for six months and I, you know, I, I felt this way and I just, it was terrible. So then um, that's just one part of it. And then during our, we went in for our anatomy scan when I was 20 weeks along and the baby, we went in and the baby was just measuring kind of small. So it was kind of surprising because I am five, six and my husband is six, four. And um, the femur length of our baby uh, who we named Luca, um, was about measuring, you know, less than 5%. Oh, wow. uh, so, which is like kind of a lot, you know, it's not like crazy, but it was like, oh, okay, well, our OBGYN said, why don't you guys come back in about four weeks just to see. It's a, it's a little bit weird, but you know, let's not panic. And I have lots of small babies. It's, it's not a big deal. And then we came back four weeks later and then he was measuring, you know, um, less than 1%. And then oh, that became wow. alarming. Yeah. So then the day of, they kind of did a more intense ultrasound where they measure the, the blood flow between the placenta and the, and the baby um, to kind of see if, if the blood is flowing in the right way. And then that's when they discovered that there was a serious problem oh, with no. the blood. It wasn't, there wasn't enough um, blood or enough nutrients oh. being passed to the baby from the placenta. No, no. So then that day we got admitted to the hospital and, um, yeah, so that's kind of, that was a crazy, I, I never expected it. I, even whenever he was measuring kind of small, I, I, I wasn't panicking, which is really weird for me because I'm always very worried, but I was like, no, you know, this is a baby. Like everybody, you know, all babies come out fine. You know, it, it, this, this is just kind of a weird thing. I never even, and I even have friends. I even have yeah, friends who had lost babies along the way, but still I was like, given that I know them, my chances, the chances of that happening to me are very low. So I really wasn't even worried about it, which is, That's which funny. is crazy. Statistically, you're like, I know someone who had something bad happen, so I'm good. Yes, <laughs> right. exactly. Right. I am not the one in 100 because somebody else was the one in 100. Exactly. Yeah. So it was just, it was a weird, and that's not really my personality. I, I would worry about everything. Like, it's just weird. Um, and so I was just in the hospital for... Uh, I guess now, I, 
not even, maybe it was, a, it was more than a week, but they were, you know, monitoring me very, very intensely. And the idea was let's keep the baby in, um, as long as we can, um, because it's always better in utero than out yeah. and we'll monitor you to make sure you're okay. And, and at then, this point you were what, 25 ish weeks pregnant. Is that I sound? was about, yeah, 24 ish. Yeah. Okay. I think, yeah, around 24. And then one, so then they, they were taking my blood pressure this entire time and it was getting kind of high. It was just kind of like, this is weird. It's a little bit high, but it wasn't hitting those thresholds where they start to panic. And then maybe a, after a couple of days in the hospital, after monitoring, um, which really stressed me out. I mean, it, it's, it's a very stressful yeah, situation. Right. My, right. Blood You're like, my blood pressure is high because you guys are stressing me out. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, and then at one, you know, one point during the hospital stay, it went up to an alarming number, maybe 180 over something. Oof, it was, wow. it was really high. And then the nurse took it and she was like, oh, that can't be right. And she took it again and it was still high. And then there was like this rush of like a few nurses coming in to check it. And it was just like, okay, we have, we have crossed a threshold. Like there, there's something that happened and I wasn't even really sure why. Or and were like you, why. How were you feeling? Were you feeling there was something wrong or just felt how? No. I so the, at that point, like I, at 24 weeks, I had started finally to feel a little bit better, like, to, you know, <sighs> and I was like, okay, things are, you know, this is, I'm going to write out the next four months, three or four months. Okay. And then this is when that part happened. And, um, yeah, so I was feeling, I didn't even feel like there would you know, I, I don't know what it feels like when you have high blood pressure, but I didn't feel like a, I didn't feel like I had a heart issue or headaches or anything. I just felt kind of normal. So it's very, it was just really crazy to me. Like you're telling me that I don't, I'm, there's something wrong with me, but I feel fine. Um, <laughs> anyway, so then they tried to do a few things. They put me on the magnesium drip and, um, you know, which is super fun. Yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a hoot. <laughs> um, and and then I guess, I don't know how many days after that, um, I was fine. They got me to stabilize. They kind of, they were, they weren't really worried about me, but when they were checking on him, I think he wasn't responding in the way that they wanted. So they, and, and it's funny, like I entered, it's not funny, but at the hospital, I was 24 weeks and, and I, you know, after a few hours of being there, the doctors told me, okay, so you're just going to be here for the rest of your pregnancy. And I was like, what? I was like, I'm going to be in this hospital for what? And, and it was just, it was, it was a very, um, the experience was bad because nobody was telling me what really, what the truth, like they were, the truth was, is that they didn't really think I was going to last, that the, the truth was that the baby was in trouble and it, and he was in serious trouble and that they were probably going to do something within the next week or two. But then they were telling me like, oh, it's going to you can stay here for the rest of the pregnancy. So I didn't really understand what was going on. It was true, but they just weren't telling you what, how the I mean, pregnancy thinking, was going to resolve you know, is what you're, you're is what yes, it came exactly. yeah. yes. And it was, it was, so every day the doctor would come in and I would just like be so scared. Like, Oh my God, what am I going to learn today? Like, what is, what is the new thing of the day? So it was a very stressful situation. And, and I guess I don't, it was a very new experience for me. So it kind of opened up my eyes, like, I think infertility for most women, it's like the first time where they learn that their body actually isn't working the way that they thought or they were told it was going to work. So it's like, 
I'm realizing that my body isn't acting the way that it should. I'm really, really scared. And so I have like this whole new appreciation for like cancer, anybody dealing with cancer and because it's, it's something that you can't really understand until you live through it. And not, I'm not saying that I lived through cancer, but I kind of understand this kind of shock that you receive that your body isn't working well when your body has always kind of worked well. So anyway, so that, 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 I don't know, uh, that's kind of my hospital um, reflection. And so then, yeah, one day they just came up and they were like, we're going to do a C-section today. And I thought they were joking. Like, I was like, what? <laughs> so, no, like lead up to it. They just said this. No. Whoa. Yeah, this is wow. happening today. Um, and um, I was laughing because I literally thought they were joking, but no, it wasn't. Wow. <laughs> and so, um, so then I did, so then we did the C-section um, and they took him out and he, Luca was, he was alive and he, you know, he was doing fairly well. He was a pound. And so they, it was a pound and, um, he had, he didn't, he had done well. And so, um, they've just put him, they brought him to the NICU and, um, yeah, they, they sewed me up and, um, yeah, that was pretty, pretty routine. And, um, so yeah, then we had our NICU stay and our NICU stay was about maybe 12, 12 days. Um, before he just passed away and he was really on the cusp of, you know, his, his only, his issue was that he was too small and it wasn't, there wasn't any problem. There wasn't any like chromosomal issue or it was just that the placenta had done a really terrible job doing what it was supposed to do. And, um, and so that was that. And yeah, so that's, so that at that point, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, obviously it's really hard to lose a baby and it's also kind of hard to think of doing it all over again. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. everything about this pregnancy was terrible from the beginning to the end. I can't do this again. Like I can't, I can't, I just can't, I can't live my life. I can't sacrifice nine months. Not even that, like I can't sacrifice a big part of my life um, and not do anything and not be able to feel and do stuff. And then potentially always have this anxiety over me that the baby is just not going to survive because the placenta is not working. Yeah. Right. And I, I have to say that like the doctors told me that if I did this again, I mean, many people have preeclampsia, many people have not that many people, but some people have a, whatever. Lots of people have severe preeclampsia like I did and they do it again. Um, and they're, they fortunately have their child, um, but it's risky and it's a very, and they, and they told me that it, my preterm births were in my future, that the chances of that happening were high. We would just cross our fingers. They literally said, oh, we wow. are going to cross our fingers that we make it to 32 weeks. And I said, wow. I just can't, <laughs> I can't risk. Do, yeah. It is a big risk. And I just mentally and physically, I just can't handle this again. I can't. Yeah. Um, and so that's why, um, that's how my husband and I started thinking about surrogacy and what was your impression of surrogacy when you first started it was so celebrities or yes absolutely absolutely because I think when you hear about surrogacy you just think of celebrities like Mm -hmm. it's a luxury I I don't know it's like a it's a luxury and and it's a weird luxury because it's you're using another woman's body so it's just a very weird kind of idea that you have in your head yeah um and that's kind of what I had I mean I mean, I'm sure you guys heard this like a million times. 
the first time I heard about surrogacy, the, my first memory of it is Phoebe on Friends. Uh, yes, we definitely so, hear that you know, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. So, I mean, I, and I think that's when I first heard about it, but, you know, I never really thought about it. Um, it's just kind of like a, when I was pregnant with Luca and I was like, oh God, I can't do this again. Uh, and then I like jokingly asked my friend, would you be my, I just remember doing that. Like it was a joke. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was just, yeah. So then it suddenly became like, wait, is this like a thing? Do like real people do this? Like, yeah. and it's this, not a joke anymore. Yeah. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. And it suddenly, yeah, exactly. So, um, so how yeah. did that work? What did you, I mean, everybody, of course, you have to wrap your head around it and get that part, but where did your path go from there as you were starting? Did you decide to go independent? Did you decide to go through an agency? How did you get even your education to begin that process? Um, so yeah, I, the idea of surrogacy became attractive very quickly. I did not, it was like a, okay, let's see if this is possible. And, and it seemed possible. I, you know what? I honestly, at that point, don't remember how much research I had done. We, um, I think I, I, I remember we had talked about finding a surrogate among our family and of my husband's cousin said she knew somebody who always said that she would love to be a surrogate and she had two kids mm -hmm. um, and she loved being pregnant and it was something she would be open to. And I said, okay, well, um, I don't even know if I knew about the requirements at that point, but I said, oh, would, would you ask her if she wanted to be our surrogate? She was like, sure. And then she did. And, um, and then we met her and she was, she, she seemed pretty serious about it. So we asked her and I, I'm sure I had done some research on, you know, what's the compensation that's usually offered. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't know anything else. I think I might've known that you had to be pregnant at the time. Uh, um, you've had to have experienced a healthy pregnancy. I think I must have known that stuff. Um, this, this is a very good question, given what I'm doing. Right. Well, and that's, why I, that's where I was going with that. I was like, huh, interesting that you educate people on on this process. But I'm like, where? how did you get your education exactly, on this process? Exactly. It wasn't, it wasn't very, I think my education was just kind of scattered. I just get bits and pieces here and there, and I kind of went along the way. And um, yes, so it ended up not working out with her. So, and it might be a reason maybe, because the thing that I kind of never did with her that I think the people should do is I never really, we never really talked about kind of psych evaluations and like oh. putting, putting someone through the intense thinking process of, are you ready for this? Is this a commitment that you can do? Not that she was like, you know, crazy or anything, yeah. just like. Just let's, not committed. Yeah. Yeah. Let's did talk about. Pretty far for her then to realize that. Like, did the clinic require counseling and that's when? Or how how long were you into this on that road before it didn't work we, out? We had her, we got her to send her medical records to the clinic and we were scheduling her medical clearance at the clinic. So it, it was right before she got approved. She did the initial pass, but she had not gone in for her medical clearance yet. Um, and did they and, require counseling or psychological evaluation, anything along those lines? They do, but I think they usually wait to do that until after she passed got the it. medical clearance. Got it. Um, and so 
we really just basically took her word for it that that she would do it and it would be and it would be great and that was all to it um and then so i lost we lost luca july 2019 and then we found her we started talking to her basically in september like we moved we moved fast like we were we are wow we are fast movers so we we talked to her in september um and then december she sends me a text saying i don't know how to tell you this but i'm pregnant oh <laughs> like it was you know obviously you do, i mean of course she does whatever she can and obviously she doesn't really she doesn't have an obligation to us you know, I, she should be free to do whatever she wants to do i, I don't but it, it really it really that's always a really... hard congratulations right like yeah. no, i'm so yes. happy for you but yes. for myself yes. yeah and so it was and, and you know she was kind of we had gone through in a very emotional process and it wasn't really fair to her but for for me she was like our saving grace from this terrible period like she was our answer i'm sorry i still cry about it oh it's okay but like it is it's unfair like it wasn't fair for us for me because like obviously my husband's it's just you know husbands and we all feel things differently we all express it differently but um I was, it just felt like she was like our angel and I, and I, it's like, it's not a fair pressure to put that on her. And then when she told us that it just, it was a really, I recovered quickly, but it was a really, really hard couple of days. Yeah, <laughs> it was probably the hard, it was probably the hardest. Um, just because I thought I was moving forward. I thought I was like recovering from. And, and that's what I was going to say is it's not, necess- I mean, of course it's the actual action of what happened, but it was, it's the loss of your ability to hope what it is what it was I will say like another interview we did with Andrea Surtash who is you know an author and a relationship expert she tells her story of being matched and then it being the surrogate changing their mind and that being really heartbreaking and then she gets matched again and going into being like we were so hurt that last time please tell us that you are serious like we don't want to experience that again and the next time that gestational carrier like assured them and then that she ended up changing her mind again. Oh my it was, God. I mean, it's heartbreaking to listen to. And right. yeah. I mean, ultimately they had a good story where her cousin, I believe, carried for her in the end. But oh my gosh. it was hard to hear that. That similarly where you just have all this hope when you're pinning it on someone, just relying on them and then they change their mind or they get pregnant or. Ugh. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, so that was, and so then at that point, I was like, you know what? I can't anymore. I just need to outsource a lot of this to somebody else. I can't. So then that's, yeah. that's whenever we started finding an agency. Uh, we started looking for an agency. And that process was not, you know. Well, so that's a hard thing to do, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, so we were like, we're going we're gonna to need an agency. I don't, you know, I, I don't want to look for one. I don't want to, I need somebody to be there in case this happens again. Yeah. And I was like, you know, maybe agencies have like a secret sauce where they like can identify, you know, women who are like really in it, like who really want to do this. Cause you know, it's, it's not easy. <laughs> and I don't blame anyone for not wanting to do it. It's just that maybe they can identify, maybe they're good at it. So then we started searching and 
I mean, that process was also like not great, you know, searching for an agency. It's, it's, you don't really know where to start. You kind of just do your Google searches. Um, I knew what I wanted. Like I, that's when I started, okay, having like a list of what was important to me and, um, or us. I know I always talk about me, but my husband is there. He's always, I don't know why. It's just my <laughs> tendency to always talk about me. I'm not good at like, that's the okay. Us. Okay. okay. <laughs> we get it. We will, we will put the us in there instead of, yeah. <laughs> he's very supportive but he's, he's he was always he's always there uh, um but I do run the show on this but uh so I we really wanted and we kind of talked about it do we want a surrogate nearby do we want you know we, we figured that maybe we could get a lower agency fee if we kind of went to different areas and then we would have to like fly in or something or did we want to invest the time and the money to, to find a surrogate nearby? And we decided that it was really important for us to have one nearby so we could be there. So we could like be part of the pregnancy that we could be there for her to support yeah. her. So we made that decision early on. And then that was, that made it a little bit easier for us to hone in on like which agencies. Although it's really hard to know because I know agencies have, may have surrogates all over so they might right. they might have had a surrogate in st louis right but like i have no idea because it's not i don't even know you know um it's not easy to find out which agencies have surrogates where right. um but i just decided to search um and actually google would just kind of filter the agencies that were kind of closer to me so like um path i, I don't even know I, there's a there's like a, a bunch um maybe five and then so i interviewed them and um, and I would interview some of the bigger ones. Um, I think they're bigger. I won't name them, but just like just the bigger ones. And they were telling me a fee of like forty. I remember hearing a forty thousand dollar fee uh, for oh. ages for the agency, and I was like, what? I I just like I and it was really hard for me to wrap my head around what am I getting with the forty thousand? And they you know they kept talking about like a specialized match program and like counts like all this stuff. And I was like, I don't know if I need that. I don't know if that's, I don't want to have to pay for that. If that's not something that I, I need, I'm, and it's just really hard coming, you know, your first journey, you don't really understand all the things that may happen. You don't really understand, but at the same time, like, you know, these are, these are businesses and they're trying to make money and they're trying to push their $40,000 agency fee. But, and I really didn't understand why it was so high like i didn't understand why exactly and and it's all and it's always been a struggle of mine to really understand why agencies charge what they do um and i and i think and i know and i know it's really hard to find a surrogate and i know it's you know it takes a lot of costs on your end to to sift and to research and to interview and i'm talking about agencies in general um yeah sure yeah and it and I don't know. It just seemed like there's this big number out there and I don't know if I'm getting a good enough explanation for, for why we have to pay it. And, uh, if I actually need all those services, I'm not the type of person that needs, well, I don't think I need the counseling, whether or not I actually do, that's a different question. But like, I think that like, I don't know. Um, I don't know why I so just had did, like 50 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> so anyway, no, so how did you, how did you finally decide? Did you ultimately go with an agency and how did you choose yes. that one? So ultimately, so I actually, the first agency I interviewed was 40,000 and that set the, I was like, whoa, it's going to be really expensive. But then the other ones I started interviewing started offering something like 20,000 or like 20, That helped was, to go to start with a higher yes. one. Yes. Right. Right. 
Yeah, so then I was like, oh, okay, now that, you know, 20 grand is still a lot of money. Versus like, if you start with 20, you'd be like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So then we were like, okay, you know what? We're going to set our budget around 20,000. I think that we can find something reasonable for this n- number and we don't need to go any higher. And so um, I was interviewing, I one of the agencies I talked to was American Surrogacy. This is the agency that we ended up going with. And they told us that they ha- they had a surrogate. This is before I signed anything. They told us that they had a surrogate in St. Louis. Oh, and wow. they gave me a little bit of her background. And um, so I knew that she did the clearance. I knew that, and they told her, they told me that she had been uh, waiting. Well, I actually don't remember exactly. They, they didn't give me too much information, but enough for me to be like, okay, I think this might work well. And so then um, I signed up with them and then I got more information about our surrogate Jennifer so her name is she's we're, we're both very open mm-hmm. um and um it was great it was wonderful and and but again I was like uh I'm scared like I don't know I mean mm-hmm. is she really going to follow through like you know mm-hmm. given but um so that's how we ended up and I I ultimately chose them because they told me a little bit of of Jennifer and though I felt like I had an option and then I picked them I didn't like the idea of um, signing up with an agency and then having to wait to see what they would. I, I just didn't like that idea. I know that that's kind of the norm, especially during COVID. Yeah. Um, but fortunately, fortunately, this was right before COVID and um, it just worked out for me that way. That's great. So how did it go with her? It went, it went really well. I mean, from the very beginning, we, we set up our face. So before we officially matched, we had our FaceTime and you know it was awkward i mean those things are you know i mean you can't how, you can't um, avoid it how did the I biggest just, ass go <laughs> i describe it as the most awkward blind date of your life that is how i exactly. always describe it <laughs> so i mean the fortunate thing is that we didn't have to do the asking i mean the agency had already done it right, so it right, wasn't right so it was just like okay so we know this is this is kind of weird and this is kind of different and we just try to we just ask questions like um what do you like to do? Like, what are your kids' names? And, you know, um, just kind of like, how did you think about becoming a surrogate? Like all of these kind of, I guess your first time kind of Yeah, questions. get to know you. Yeah. Yes. And then I think I let her know pretty early. I mean, I think I told her during that, our experience. And I was like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, please let us know if you're having any hesitations. Like I, I kind of told her that this was my experience. So if I feel a little like kind of anxious this is why so i was kind of i think upfront with that and uh we had our so we had our facetime match and then the next day i forget who i met i don't know if she messaged me first or i messaged her first but just to say i think i messaged her first and i said i i I really enjoyed talking to you um and you know you you don't want to say that you're going to like i forget what exactly what i said but you don't want to be like too too forward like oh I love you I can't wait let's 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 sign it right now let's let's get matched but I was I I sent her the signal that we were very interested and we would be very happy if she would accept us and then she responded something very similarly similar way and then I then I I think I got the message that she was going to say okay and it was it was a great day I would have again (laughs) but for a totally different reason but it was a really great day and I was it felt it felt better like it felt 
you know, because she had big, I mean, because she had gone through an agency, because she had already gone through, and, and I think American surrogacy had, like, made her, they had, like, a psyche valve, they kind of done, they did the things that they were supposed to do, and so because she had gone through that process, I felt more secure with her, and um, yes, and we had, you know, and it, it did work out, and so I, I'm just, yeah, it was a really, it was a great day when, when we, told each other that we would match with each other. And we literally, from that time on until, you know, a few, until the, until she gave birth, we texted each other multiple times a day. It was like a very, it was, you know, we, we were very, I, we were, my husband and I were very involved in her pregnancy and she was very good at like letting us in and letting us know what was going on. And it was, it was a, a very, a very beautiful experience. And it's kind of the thing that I, I try to like tell people like, um, you know, nobody really thinks nobody grows up or yeah, nobody grows up thinking that surrogacy is going to be the way that they expand their family and they get to this point in their lives. And usually when you need a surrogate, you have gone through something. I mean, if you're like an intended mother or something, you have gone through something like traumatic and surrogacy is your, is your answer. And it, you get there and really in a really bad circumstance, but it can turn out to be the most beautiful experience that you've ever had. I'm so proud of it. Like I, yeah. I'm so proud of her, like that there's women like her that do this for other families. It's so it's, it's something I'm very proud of, even though it's like about her, uh, I'm proud of her. So I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. I'm happy to like, just kind of brag about her. Um, oh, and like what, what they all do, um, because I find it, and I think a reason why I find it so amazing is because I know, I know what it's like to be pregnant and I know that it can really be terrible. So the fact that it's not terrible for them and the fact that they, they kind of willingly put themselves through a pregnancy, I just like, I, I hated it. So I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just in awe of these women that, that do it. I really, yeah. really respect it. Huge shout out to all the surrogates out there. Right? <laughs> Amazing. Right? Uh, oh so once you had uh, your child, what what were you thinking that like, I, I'm i not done with the surrogacy world. I want to do more. What were, what were you thinking? Well, there? so during the, our surrogacy journey, um, we were very open about, I basically, I forget when I started the account, but... Um, we would just, I would just share a lot of details about everything that I had been feeling, um, our milestones. So throughout the journey, I, I had this Instagram account. And so I was, I was sharing and I was sharing, um, everything. Um, and at some point I just kind of wanted to, during the agency process, kind of during when I was interviewing agencies, sometimes I felt like. Um, I didn't really feel like people kind of understood or not that they didn't understand. I kind of felt like I was taken advantage of mostly because of these like $40,000 agency fees. I, I just kind of felt insulted when I saw these fees. And I, and, and I, I have to say that like my, I have changed a little bit in the way that I, I view, cause I, I understand and I understand more now than I did before the amount of work it takes to be an agency. I mean, I mean, I will never understand, but I understand that it takes work. Like it does take work to like find surrogates and to, and to, and to manage the, the journeys, because I'm sure you have 
lots of IPs that can be very, I mean, there's just like, you're dealing with personalities and some personalities are harder to deal with than others. And I, I don't know, I, 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 I get it. But when I was getting hit with this $40,000 fee after ha having gone through so much loss and trauma, it angered me. Like it just kind of angered me. Like I need more explanation. Like you can charge me 40, but I need just more information of what's going on. Like why, like what are all the things I'm going to have to do? Like I just, and I, I also felt like many, many people in the industry kept throwing all these, like, what if this happens? Like, what if, you know, you have to pay for this because what if this happens or you have to do this, you have to pay for this because I, I don't know. Uh, I just always, always felt that I was just taken advantage of. Um, and I didn't feel enough, uh, empathy from the people in the industry. But again, I had a very small sample. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like I interviewed everybody and I'm, and I'm not saying this is how all agencies are at all. Like I'm not, I'm just yeah. saying that coming in a period of fragility, I didn't feel like I was, um, I don't know. I just felt like people wanted my money more. Mm, that's right. Um, it that's is. Hard. So then, and then I, and then I kind of wanted to kind of work on this issue where if you're going to, you should educate yourself more on surrogacy. Don't make your decisions make any decision that you want in a surrogacy journey but please don't make a decision because you think it is too hard for you to understand like at least understand mm -hmm. all the components of it understand what needs to be done and make your decision on to yourself what you need do you need an agency do you not like do you um and and so that's kind of what i'm trying to do with the biggest ask is let me give you all the information that you need to, so that you make the decision that's best for you. Do not make a decision out of fear. Mm -hmm. I know that you are probably in this situation because you've gone through trauma. Don't let that drive your decision. Kind of, that's kind of what I, that, that's my overarching goal, really. That's great. And can you kind of speak to how users use your website or use what you're offering, like for forums, articles, et cetera, what's the best way that they can really benefit from everything you're putting out there? So it, whatever I offer is a work in progress. I'm like, I don't really know the we answer of what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I never know. I, I find the serious industry to be interesting. I, I, there are some things that I, I do want to make it more efficient. I feel like there are many inefficiencies in the industry that make it more costly for the IPs. I, that's kind of my, it's not a, I don't know if I'll ever do anything about it, but that's kind of my overarching kind of um, understanding of the industry. It could be done in better ways than it currently is. And if people would work more together, it would, it would be better. Like, for example, like it would be great if I could just know all the avail av available surrogates that were in St. Louis at the time. You know, not, not that I would ever switch right. with Jennifer, but like ideally in an ideal situation, and there's many reasons why that doesn't work. I get it. But like, ideally from my perspective, it would have been wonderful to know who are all the surrogates that are available in, in St. Louis and like, which agency are they working with? Like, I want to like, so, um, I don't yeah. know why I want that anyway. So that that's, but right now with the education, there's the free online guide. So I put on together, I just put together, um, like whole, a whole bunch of courses about different topics. Um, and 
and they're all free. You just sign up and you watch the videos. Um, so that's one source if that's like a very education, like learn, sit down and learn kind of, kind of way. And it's not really the way for everybody. Some people like that. Some people don't. The, then I have the, the blogs where I have just people sharing their stories, both from the surrogate side, both from the intended parent side, mm. just to show that they're not alone. So just to give examples of these are other people with a story that might ring true to you. And so if you find yourself needing surrogacy to expand your, your family, know that you're not alone and please read these stories. So it's kind of like that's the kind of the community aspect of it. And so far, those are the, the two main that those are the two main resources that we provide. Um, and I also plan to be a little bit like tonight, I'm hosting our first workshop for intended parents where, oh, fun. Uh, yeah, so we just get together and I talk about like the different, the different milestones in our journey oh. and kind of considerations when you're like thinking about agencies versus independent. Like, what are some red flags? Like, what are the, you know, just kind of like, what are the pros and cons of each way? And yeah. let's, let's try to be unbiased as possible and like pick whatever works for you. Um, so things like that. So that's how we, that's where we are now. That sounds great. And do you want to remind listeners where to go to find, to find these website, educational forums, blogs, etc.? Sure. So the website is thebiggestask.com. Love it. I always have to, I, I always have to emphasize the thing though, is I always have to emphasize the k and the ask, because I've noticed <laughs> that if you don't, and I'm like, oh God, why did I take no. this name? Why did I do this? Do you get a very name. different website? Is that? Oh, no. <laughs> and now nobody will forget. Yes, nobody will forget. Yeah. I love it. Um, uh, we will not be linking to that website. So <laughs> yours. Well, we so appreciate you coming on and telling your story and sharing this new resource for people. Um, that's it's so wonderful to see when um, one that many people are not alone, and two that there are more and more resources to help um, navigate this journey. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you, MJ, for coming on. We super appreciate it. Yeah, and, what an incredible service for people. Yeah. And Jen, I know you promised to share the phone number for those wanting to call in, um, share their thoughts, provide feedback. Yes. And ready? You want to do it? You want me to do it? I do. I want to give the number out. It no, is. We'll do it three, twice. Okay. 303-997-1903. What was it? Okay. Again. Again. <laughs> Operators are standing by. 303 nine nine seven one nine zero three i mean virtual operators are standing by at least yeah, right a voice message <laughs> mailbox is standing by right that we right. Will listen to at some point we do listen to it and i promise we don't make fun of all of them that one was just funny enough the way it was that we had to we had to give a little shout out and it We're was making perfect. fun of we we appreciate people trying to help others we shout out to them for sure okay Fair enough. Fair enough. And a shout out to our team, of course, you know, who always helps us uh, to Tyler, to Melissa, to Amanda. Thank you all so, so much. And a shout out to you all who listen and come and talk to us every week. We appreciate you and we will be back and talk to you next week.